Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Chaos, cringe, comic books on Capitol Hill. It means one thing and one thing only. It's a WTF Wednesday here on Critical Thinking. As always, I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Let's get in to that critical thinking. It was the first day of the 118th Congress, or is it the 118th? I, I forget. 118th Congress, I believe. Right, Pat? Mm, sure. I don't even know. And that means people were sworn in. That means chaos apparently has ensued. And that means people were sworn in in the most cringy of ways, including on a comic book. Oh, it's a WTF Wednesday, isn't it? Oh, we'll, we'll, just tell me we'll, it get, is. we'll get to that. But yes, it is a WTF Wednesday. All right. So before we get into the bulk of WTF Wednesday... And and hopefully Pat will not uh, uh, pass out from coughing here. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, um, we have we have to talk about I think the the elephant in the room, both literally and figuratively in this case, because we are talking about the GOP and the uh, Speaker election, Speaker of the House. Um, Hakeem Jeffries continues to receive two hundred and twelve votes for Speaker of the House. Um, by about four o'clock central time yesterday, we had gone through three rounds of voting. Yes, not once, not twice, but three times we have managed to go through voting for the Speaker of the House. And all three times, nobody has gotten to the 218 threshold needed to take the speakership. Kevin McCarthy is the leading Republican in this uh, this. Um, dance that's going on, garnering as high as 203 votes and as low as 202 votes. That means if we're doing the math at home, there are at least 20 holdouts inside the Republican Party. And as of this morning, as we are recording this, we have yet to receive any indication 
that there is going to be any sort of change happening. But what what we do know is that in our lifetimes, Pat, this is pretty unprecedented. Like neither of us, I believe, have ever seen this go this far. We've seen one or two votes happen and, and then and then go on, but three votes. However, historically speaking, Pat, these things can go on forever and ever and ever. Amen. Like 9, 10, 11, 12. I think the record is 15 votes for the Speaker of the House. And I think the Republicans did something good for once yesterday, Pat. In so much as we got a chance to see people like Chip Roy and Matt Gates get up and literally confront the wickedness of Washington, D.C. to their face. Not only did Chip Roy tell off the Democratic Party, he looked Kevin McCarthy in his face and told him, I don't trust you in front of the world and said, we shouldn't trust you. And then said, by the way, this is not personal. I like you. I think you are a good human being, but I don't trust you politically. To his face. We have talked about the theme of the show in 2023 being what, Pat? Confrontation, right? Confrontation. Mm -hmm. We just saw it in the very first day of Congress yesterday. We saw it. And I was listening to Ben Shapiro's podcast yesterday as I was about to fall asleep, um, mainly because I'd like to do opposition research. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mainly because I'd like to hear other opinions once in a while and think for myself, right, through those opinions of other people. And he had an opinion that I think speaks to confrontation in that we are going to see a confrontation of a worldview standpoint in 2023. I happen to agree with him. And I think we saw the makings of this yesterday. Before I go too deep into the woods here or into the weeds or whatever metaphor you want to use, I want to get your thoughts on just what we saw yesterday take place. I thought we did something smart by the Republican Party because we allowed confrontation to happen in the open airwaves. But but we also saw something smart in that they pulled back and realized that, wait a second, we're never going to get a resolution unless we can talk as a caucus. So they they pulled back and said, hang on a second, we're going to adjourn and we're going to come back and allowing them the time to be able to hash things out behind the scenes, which needs to happen because it's very clear that there are two sides that are dug in here. But what did what was your takeaway as you watched this take place yesterday? Well, I mean, I was I was tickled pink to to see that Kevin McCarthy has gone through three votes and hasn't gotten the speakership yet. Because mm-hmm. um, we all kind of thought, well, yeah, it's probably going to be Kevin McCarthy's going to be the next speaker, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that he's not so far. Um, looking at this though, it, it comes down to. 
what I would consider to be the old guard versus some some people that are trying to do the right thing. Um, kind of like a Chip Roy, right? Mm-hmm. And Kevin McCarthy, I think for a lot of people, represents that old guard, that old GOP. We talked about in uh, yesterday's show how one of our one of, well one of your predictions that the GOP will be fundamentally dead, completely dead by the end of the year. I think if you go down the Kevin McCarthy route, that that you're ensuring that you're ensuring that that happens. You're ensuring that we get all the same bullcrap that we've gotten from Ditch McConnell um, over the last however many years now um, in the House, and then. Then we find out, you know, that the House, you know, we, we put all these people in power mm-hmm. and they did absolutely nothing with it. Um, so I, I agree with Chip Roy that that I don't trust Kevin McCarthy politically. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what this is signaling is that, hey, people don't trust you. Why should we put you in power? You say you'll make all these concessions and that you'll do all of these things, but we don't trust you. And then we see people like like Jim Jordan starting to gain momentum um, for that speakership race. Now I'm not saying that that Jim Jordan will be the next speaker because I, I truly at this point I have no idea who will be speaker. Um, yeah, yeah. It, and to that point, I thought we also saw something interesting from Justin Amash yesterday, mm-hmm. kind of throwing his hat in the ring, if you will, to basically mm-hmm. say, "Hey, look." We need a we need a different way forward. And and while I don't serve in Congress anymore and while I don't um, subscribe to the Republican Party anymore, it's very clear that I have been able to work across the aisle, that I also believe in the things the Freedom Caucus believes in, because he literally wrote the handbook for the Freedom Caucus. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, and, And he talked about the needed reforms that will allow both sides to to come into the light of day rather than be the mysterious parties that we have seen over the last 15, 20 years, right? Right. Because believe it or not, when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House, yes, there were things that happened, imaginations that happened, because that always happens, right? Behind the scenes, right? Like promises or whatever, or I'm going to shake your hand and tell you that I'm going to give you maybe this if you vote this way or whatever, right? That That's horse trading. That, that's always going to happen. But what I saw yesterday was the inability of the Republican Party to believe in the horse trading anymore. Chip Roy, yeah, Matt Gates, whom I don't agree with yeah. on most things, basically out in the open saying, I don't believe you. How do you get past that is my question. And this point, and you pointed this out, right? One of my predictions that the, is that the GOP will be effectively dead. This is a great example of this, because if there was the horse trading that needed to go on to secure Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, right? If there were just the simple horse trading of the past that needed to go on, it would have happened behind the scenes already. This would have been a symbolic vote. Maybe you you went through two votes, right? Maybe you said, hey, I'll, I'll grant you this. Let's give you your symbolic vote, and and you can save face, right, as a as a Freedom Caucus member, right, on the first vote. But the second vote, okay, it's clear that I'm not going to get my way, so I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. And then behind the scenes, right, Kevin McCarthy gives them, you know, committee responsibilities. 
um, gives into the, you know a lot of the letter that they wrote, right? Um, we're going to do single bills. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you come up and you say it. And then you mean it because here's the rub, right? Every single year, they can remove him from the speakership if they wanted to. So there, there's ways that you could have easily horse traded this, but it's very clear that the team GOP is a very fractured group right now. There are people with competing and divergent interests within the party. And they're not coalescing around ideals or ideas and furtherance of those ideas in legislation. There's no coalescing this group because if there were, it would have been in that second vote. Here we were in the third vote and it was going to continue on and on and on. So my question to you, Pat, is do you see a path to Kevin McCarthy becoming the actual Speaker of the House? Do you see it actually happening this morning? We we're recording at like seven o'clock central time. Okay. So we have no idea what is going to happen um, when the, this vote takes place this morning. We actually don't. I mean, it is still possible. It is still possible that he becomes speaker. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, I think, I think with each vote that goes on, it becomes less and less likely though. Um, and I think, you know, we, that's what we saw yesterday. I'm like three votes. I'm like, he should have had this in the bag maybe after two votes, um, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He didn't. Yep. And so like I, I said I'm, to you, I, like mm-hmm. I said to you, Pat, the, it's one thing to throw that symbolic vote out there if you know right. that the the game is the jig is up, if you will, right? And then mm-hmm. okay, after that first vote, second vote, we're gonna coalesce. We're gonna get this done. Let's let's move on. Right. But that clearly didn't happen. And mm-hmm. to your point, then I guess my question to you as we move forward here and look forward and critically think through this. <coughs> I've got two questions, really. So let's let's deal with the first one. If not Kevin McCarthy, whom? Because I don't believe it's Jim Jordan. I, I, I'm not saying it's Jim Jordan either, but he right. seemed to be gaining momentum yesterday. Right, but I think that's the, the person that you could have co- coalesced around in the Freedom mm-hmm. Caucus, right? So my question is then, if it is not Kevin McCarthy, whom is it? Are we talking in Elise Stefanik? Are we talking about... Oh, I hope not. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. You can point to the fact that 77% of the time, she voted along the lines of Donald Trump in Congress. And she was one of the Mm -hmm. staunchest defenders of Donald Trump, one of the best um, actors in the whole charade that was the impeachment trials. But but, but is is this about Donald Trump at this point, or is this about getting the right people in place within the GOP. I don't disagree with you. So what I'm pointing out, though, is that Elise Stefanik could be somebody that potentially you can stomach. I didn't say that you should. I just, I'm just trying to figure a path forward that, <clears throat> that allows the larger coalition of McCarthy supporters and the Freedom Caucus supporters to coalesce around each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to critically think through this. Like, whom else could become Speaker of the House? Well, we, we've mentioned this before. It won't be Chip Roy. Right. Um, because you, you, don't, you don't want Chip Roy in that position. You want him where he's at. 
Yes, absolutely, 100%. So that's not a knock against Chip Roy by any means. That That's just, he's better where he is. Um, I don't know. I always kind of thought Jim Jordan might might be a good substitute for uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, I'm not saying, I mean, say what you want about the man. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of someone better that that people are going to coalesce around. Um I do wonder, like, 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 I'm just looking at like the Utah delegation, um, seeing if if any of them might do it. I, I, I could see maybe, maybe Chris Stewart throwing his hat in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens there. Um, I don't know that any of the other ones would would be good for for speakership. Um, honestly. I mean, it, it it's a toss up for me. I mean, it, it it could be pretty much anybody at this point, and mm-hmm. that that's just kind of where this has gone. Like, like I I you know I have no real pulse of who it could be at the end of the day. What about because a Steve this, this hasn't gone the way I thought it would? Yeah. What about a Steve Scalise as a potential name here? The, yeah, that 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 could be a possibility. Because he does have some goodwill with McCarthy. He is the House Majority Leader in the election, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's clear that people believe him to be a leader. And ultimately, that's really what the speakership is. It is the ability to lead, not necessarily whip, but lead not just your party, but Congress in general. It is how legislation gets seen. It is there's a there's a whole ton of things that happen behind the scenes that the Speaker of the House has the levers of power for, right? Right. Jim Jordan obviously could be a name. I don't believe he is the right individual for this, only because yeah. he is such a dogged fighter for oversight and understanding. And I don't think you can lose him in that. I really don't. But That's a good another point. name yeah. that has come up here, Pat, ha, uh, lately has been Patrick T. McHenry out of North Carolina. I'm not familiar with him. I don't trust this either because this is a man that um, kind of he's been in Congress since 2005. Mm. Um, and former House Speaker John Boehner of Ohio, um, he was the chief deputy whip for Boehner. I don't know if I like that. I think this is a little swampy. Mm-hmm. That, um, that that certainly feels that way. Lee Zeldin, for me, could be another name. He has indicated he doesn't want the position, but I, I also agree with Chip Roy and Matt Gates in that um, people need to look to service outside of self, selfless mm-hmm. service. And Jim Jordan and Lee Zeldin are two examples of people who are pretty selfless in their service. Um, Tom Cole could be another one. Um, the Republican out of Oklahoma. Um, Cole could be kind of the answer, kind of that middle of the road between the McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus, because he mm-hmm. does run kind of that rail between the two of them. Um, and, and maybe this is a situation in which he is a short term solution for a long-term issue, 
right? And this could speak to that fractured nature of the Republican Party and its decline, right? What do you do if you are on your deathbed, right? You you try to find temporary measures because there there ultimately there's there are two wings of this right now: the people who believe in restoring liberty, right, reviving liberty, doing things the correct way, and then the swamp of Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. One of these two wins, and the other dies. And I fervently believe that if the McCarthy wing of this wins, there is no real GOP anymore. It is two leftist parties in America at that point. Right. You just have your your far left and then your it, it's kind of like kind of like what you see in Great Britain, right? With mm-hmm. the yeah. um with the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, which the Conservative Party is just a watered-down version of leftism. The Conservative Party supports a lot of socialist ideas. They really do over there. That's the GOP here, for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. And if McCarthy is is that guy that gets elected here, unless, unless there are written, signed agreements, right, this is the thing that I think you should do if you are in that 20-person voting block, that you must get a written, signed, and put out in public statement from Kevin McCarthy committing to doing all of the things that you have demanded, all of them. Give us it all, which means the Texas Border Coalition, right? The, mm-hmm. the Texas Border Plan. That they that these guys have put together, the the entire Texas delegation, by the way, whether they are Republican or Democrat, signed off on this, with the exception of Sheila Jackson Lee, I believe. Yeah, I'm not surprised on that one. Which, whatever, yeah. um, she's insane. And, and then you talk about um, the single bills, you talk about pay pay as you go, right? You talk about um, actual budgeting. You're talking about the things that can help make the people's house become the people's house again. If he's willing to do that, then I would go that route. If not, I say team chaos here. I really do. And you find somebody that is outside of this process. And I fervently believe that Justin Amash would be a pretty good choice. At this point in time, because he is outside of the chaos process that is the GOP, the death knell of the GOP is outside of it right now. But he also understands the inner workings of the GOP, right? He also understands the inner workings of the Democrat Party because he was a coalition builder because he is a libertarian at heart. So. There's a lot of different ways that this could go down. I just, I am just afraid that the swampiness of the swamp is going to win again, and we're about to watch ourselves get screwed hard for the next two years again. Though I, I think, I think the longer this goes on, the more it's in favor of someone that's not Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. If we get to vote for and he still fails, mm-hmm. then it's very clear that nothing was settled overnight. Right. That that would be very clear to me. If suddenly Kevin McCarthy 
is a name that is nominated and Jim Jordan is a name that's nominated, you know that this is going to be some sort of symbolic vote, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see what takes place here uh, this morning. So like I said, we don't know. We will have commentary tomorrow for you on what takes place. Um, maybe I'll do a solo commentary um, once we actually know what's going on, but we'll see what happens. Um, with that, though, Pat, I think it is time for us to move forward. So why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and uh, play a little bit of the B or not the B for the first time in 2023. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. With that, lay the headline on me at least once, maybe twice. Alrighty then. Today's headline: Clowns debate who will be elected next king of clowns. Clowns debate who will be elected next king of clowns. Wait, what? Is this clowns debate who will be elected the next king of clowns? Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks. If you haven't gone to coffeebrandcoffee.com yet, you really should. Um, they had a lot of great stuff over the holidays. Um, they're going to have a lot of great stuff here in the uh, new year. Um, they've got all sorts of different kinds of great flavors over there. If you're like me and you don't drink coffee, they've got other alternatives. Um, they have tea. They have hot chocolate. Um, they're hot chocolate, by the way, especially for this time of year where it's cold outside, it's snowing. They've got a, they got a few different great flavors over there. My my personal favorite was the peppermint. Um, you know, so if you're into that kind of thing, you can do that instead instead of coffee. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what's in uh, Andrew's coffee cup right now. A little salted um, caramel got, action, yes. Yeah, yeah, a little, little salted caramel. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you really enjoy your 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 coffee. You need to pick me up in the morning. Um, you know, which is kind of always kind of the un unfortunate side of being Mormon, right? Um, it, I would love that morning pick me up with a good cup of coffee. I, I really would. But Just throw some Mountain Dew in there, Pat. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, because that that's great for you, too. <laughs> um, well, coffee is actually pretty good for you. It's actually, in moderation, healthy. In moderation, you. right, right. So... Um, I, I, and I won't, I won't deny that there are, there aren't health benefits to it and stuff, but, but in any case, you know, I, I do wish I could have that morning pick me up. So if you need that morning, pick me up, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. And when you're at checkout, use the promo code critical thinking to get 5% off your purchase. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code critical thinking at checkout and get 5% off your purchase today. Clowns debate who will be elected next king of clowns. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. Well, I appreciate the softball because this is definitely going to be the Babylon B. You would be correct, sir. I figured I would give you that softball for. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, we also need uh, to replenish our supply because Izzo actually paid up. What do you mean he actually paid up? Uh, yeah, he actually paid up. I haven't seen this. Right, because um, it's my show. Where's my Critical cut? Thinking bro? with Andrew Coppins. Where's my cut, bro? It's going back into the show, Pat. We didn't talk about this. This is this is pretty hurtful. I'm 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 very disappointed in you right now. Look at your contract. 
Rider B. Uh, what is it like? Do I need a magnifying glass to find it? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. Of course, Izzo didn't pay up. You, you think that man would pay up on anything? No, exactly. I mean, it's, it's all it's a Ponzi gotta go scheme. His, it's got to go back into his MLM stuff, right? It's all that Ponzi. I mean, totally legit MLM. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, according to reports, a group of clowns has gathered at the Capitol building to debate over who should be the next king over all the clowns. Okay, guys, quit clowning around, said clown Dan Crenshaw, as he attempted to calm down the (laughs) other clowns. It's time to get down to clown business and figure out which clown should be top clown. Stop laughing, guys. This is serious. Crenshaw then honked a giant red nose on his face and made a sad face. Uh, Bob Lotta, the honorable clown from the state of Ohio, concurred. Kevin McCarthy is the right clown to be the king of clowns. He said, let's meet let's meet the the clown challenges we were elected to tackle and the clownery done for the United States of America. Lotta then drove off all tall diving board into a tiny pool Uh, at publishing time. Voting was further delayed after a clown brawl broke out. Yo. Yo, wow, you only live once. All right. Also, wouldn't you love to see a clown fight? Um, are you are you still in that category of freaked out by clowns? Uh, no, I've never been freaked out by clowns. That's my see, wife. Interesting. I'm, not, I'm yeah. just going to leave that comment for well, itself. I'm going to let you find folks at home. Insert your own joke. Uh, but before we move on to uh, WTF Wednesday, Pat, uh, we do have an update to a story that didn't make the show yesterday. But if you were on the locals uh, community, you got a chance to see it. And we had talked about ESPN and their reaction to the DeMar Hamlin situation. Uh, Buffalo Bills player, if you're not a sports fan, Buffalo Bills player uh, made a seemingly innocuous um, tackle was hit in the chest, like hard hit in the chest and, and then tackled the individual to the ground. Pretty normal situation, right? You're going to have two immovable objects going at each other. And one of them wins. Hamlin wins, brings the guy to the ground, gets up. And then like less than two seconds later, boom, right to the ground, um, goes into cardiac arrest, uh, apparently had to be revived twice before they brought or once at the stadium. Um, was again in need of resuscitation when he got to the hospital or in the ambulance, excuse me. So they've, they had to revive him not once, but twice. And um, as of late last night, it was on 50% from a hundred percent oxygen. So seems to be trending in a positive direction. So that's all great, grand, wonderful news. But what we had been talking about is, is this sudden founding of, or finding of God from ESPN. And, the offensiveness for me of that. Because for me, this is a company that has gone so far to the secular left over the past decade that I find it very mockingly of them to invoke or evoke the name of God and prayer when it's super convenient for them. 
And I find this to be something that happens in the world of sports quite often, is that um, the um, evoking of God in a way that they actually don't mean it, right? It's just a thing that you're supposed to say or a thing that you that you fall back upon uh, when needed. There's a reason there's invocations ahead of NASCAR and in all sorts of motorsports, right? It is because they are looking for the protection of God and the danger of the sport, right? There are reasons why. But these are the same people who would believe that Vince Lombardi would be some sort of a bigot today for suggesting that there are three important things in life, right? God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. That's what he believed in. He believed in God first, family second, and then your Green Bay Packers third. That's the importance of everything in life, right? Whether that is, you know, for instance, for me and you, Pat, right? It would be God, it would be our family, and it'd be our work. That's what he was saying. God, family, and work. Uh, I was going to say God, family, and country, but yeah. I don't even necessarily believe that to be the case. What, what does it matter about my country when I need to take care of myself and my family? It's a fair point. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know it'd be saying. different if you were serving in the military. Your mm. your service is not to yourself and your family anymore. It's God, family, country. And honestly, they would tell you it's going to be country, God, and then family. Yeah, and see that, that that's where it starts to get backwards for me. But right, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. but my point uh, yesterday in the talk was this: the the I want to see ESPN do something different. I want to see ESPN come at me every single day in leading life with God first. I want to see that. I want to see them actually live out the words that they just spoke to us in in a tragedy, right? Well, Pat, we got a little bit of it yesterday. We actually got a little bit of proof. So before we go into WTF, I actually have to give credit where credit is due because this actually happened on air and ESPN's powers that be allowed it to happen. Dan Orlovsky, who is a vocal, and I mean vocal Christian, Okay, it is very, very obvious if you follow anything about his life that he is a devout Christian. Okay, spontaneously does this, Pat. Yeah, I mean, um, football gave me everything, you know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football as well that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like. This is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. Demar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace, 
If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 <laughs> that happened on air live on ESPN yesterday, Pat. That's what we were talking about in that segment yesterday. Show me that you actually believe the words that were coming out of your mouth in that tragedy. Show me every hour, every day, right? Lift up that spirit of God, right? Now, I mean, now that they showed us that, you know, the last couple of days, now the challenge is do this every day for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about ESPN having to have prayer on air every right. day. That's not right. what I'm talking about. But what right. I am talking about is the sage steals of the world, the people who have a Christian worldview, be welcome on the airwaves and be welcome and open to be able to practice that faith within their daily lives, within the on-air personality of them. You allow right. the leftists like Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith to go ahead and spout their cultish, religious ferventry, right? Why not Let's do this? Let's see you actively support those. I wonder behind the scenes if Dan Orlovsky got in trouble yesterday for that. I do because this is Worth a it. wholly leftist organization. But we if just witnessed on air something completely different. So I have to give credit where credit is due there. But with that, Pat, it is time for one of our famed segments on this show to return for the first time in 2023. It is time for a WTF Wednesday. That's right. Those those wonderful whistles mean it is time for a WTF Wednesday um, where do you want to start, Pat? Because we talked about chaos, cringe, and comic books on Capitol Hill, and all of it belongs in the WTF Wednesday. The chaos, obviously, was the fact that there was no, um, how do we put it, uh, the, the chaos within the GOP, right? So right. we've got cringe and comic books. We've also got um, Nicole Wallace. We also have covid so where do you want to go? Can can, can we? Because this story really bothered me yesterday. Can, can we start with comic books? Yeah, go ahead, Pat. Um, so <clears throat> Democrat elected to Congress will be sworn in on a copy of Superman. Um, and it's a copy of Superman number one. It's worth about five point three million dollars. I was gonna say it's not just any copy of Superman. It it's is the number it is one, a almost mint condition. Superman mm -hmm. one like look I am not a comic book guy I just am not um I I can I can get down to clown with like the books from Star Wars I can get down to clown with Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and or Tolkien and some of those types of individuals I am not down to clown with comic book world like it's just not my thing but even I understand the importance of Superman Edition one, like comic book numero uno of Superman being mm. worth a crap ton of money, right? I, I am down to clown with that. But what? please tell me how the hell this happened. Well, see, I'm first of all, I'm with you. 
Um, I mean, I'm I happen to be wearing a Superman shirt today, right? I actually am into the comic. I didn't get into comic books and stuff like that until I got older. Um, just because I didn't really have the opportunity as a kid, but um, <clears throat> you know, so I, I I do like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, however, you're you're being sworn into Congress. I understand that you don't you don't have to be sworn in on the Bible. I I that's if that's not what you want. Fine, you know, have at it. However, being sworn into Congress is a very serious thing. And to use a comic book, in my humble opinion, takes the seriousness out of it. And it's not just that for me. It is the, oh, look at me. I've got a $5.3 million comic that mm-hmm. I'm going to swear myself in. But the cavalier attitude towards that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, is the, for me, it's the symbol of everything that is wrong with Congress today. It's literally that. Like... Oh, you know what? I'm going to show the American people. I've got $5.3 million sitting here, and I'm just going to put my hand on it and and make sure that it's totally unserious. This is a very serious thing that is happening here. Right. And it should be taken seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. look, I know I know, I wear T-shirts and like comic book shirts from time to time. Well, most of the time, really. And, you know, but at the same time, like when I need to dress up, I dress up. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Oh, it's just one of those here. things, but uh, this is, comes from Robert Garcia. He is uh, uh, from Long Beach, California. Um, he's obviously a, a Democrat as well. Um, but uh, he he tweeted out said, "We'll probably be sworn in Congress on the U- on the U.S. Constitution. We'll be proudly sworn in to Congress on the U.S. Constitution. Underneath the Constitution will be three items that mean a lot to me personally: a photo of my parents." who I lost to COVID, my citizenship certificate, and the original Superman number one from the Library of Congress. Look, the other stuff, fine, you know, but right. I, come on. Let's I want to I want to take you seriously. I don't want something that is perceived as childish to take away because w- when you serve in any kind of elected office, it's meant to be a sacred duty. Yeah, and, they don't, they don't, the leftists don't believe it. It's very clear that they don't believe this to be anything sacred. The only mm-hmm. thing that is sacred to them is leftism, right? It's the look at the look at the other thing, right? The the picture of his parents whom he lost to COVID, right? This is the cult of COVID. Yeah, it really is. Look, I yeah. I'm not going to begrudge the fact that you're probably grieving the loss of your parents and. And and it's it's tough. I I understand that very intimately because I lost somebody close to me because of, well, maybe or maybe not COVID. We we don't necessarily know all the details, and and I'm not one to pry into all those things. But, um, I understand it, but that doesn't mean that I get to use that as a cudgel or or I'm going to go down the cult of COVID. No. Right. But that's a differing worldview. It's a differing way of looking at the world. So congratulations, man. If you want to do that, go for it. Have at it, Haas. But I mean, you just tell us, you just tell the world how unserious you really are. All right. With that being said, though, Pat, I think we need to move forward here. How about we do Nicole Wallace at MSNBC as we talk about uh, swearing in and the 118th Congress? Because uh, she had some things to say about her <clears throat> former party that she 
helped to build. Oh, oh mm-hmm. Because, you know, there, there's not enough hubris in the world for people like Nicole Wallace. Or, um, I, you know, what is it? The, the nine stage, 11 stages of grief. You know, I, I, I got past um, real grief at watching a party I had served and for many years helped build turn into a coalition that is exactly as David Jelly describes, one that makes room and space and holds space in its coalition for white nationalists, white supremacists, um, and the very same groups who are now targets of domestic violent extremism in this country, not to mention anti-vaxxers who have the deaths of thousands of Americans on their hands. I mean, it, it has become a wash in everything that is dark. That said, I'm not sure that I could articulate the differences between these 19 and what Kevin McCarthy stands for. What, in your view, was sort of the breakdown? And and again, I don't feel sorry for Kevin McCarthy, but I'm intrigued that even he didn't seem to see today coming. McCarthy. Well, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we back up to the... The anti-vaxxers have thousands of deaths on their hands. How? How? Like, like, okay, look, let, let's take that seriously for a second, okay? Even though I believe her to be in that statement showing how unserious she actually is and how beholden she has become to the darkness of the spirit of the age. Uh, uh, like, she wants to talk darkness, there's nothing darker than than ascribing death and the um the willfulness of death, right? Because somebody chose not to get a vaccine. Nicole Wallace, whom have I directly killed? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. I, what in the hell is that? The, the not to mention the anti-vaxxers. Guess what? There are anti-vaxxers in the re, in the Democratic Party too. By the way, there are people who refuse to get it that are far left. There are libertarians. There are people of all stripes who refuse to do this to their bodies. They refuse to be the experiment. And the Babylon Bee had a really great headline. Pfizer announces it did after all. I think it was like Pfizer announces it did um, test the vaccine on 5 billion people worldwide. That's exactly what Pfizer did. They had no freaking clue what was actually happening because we needed to rush, 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 rush. I'm not even going to go down that road. The, The darkness of the heart that it takes to ascribe motive of death to somebody who refused to put something into their own body? I just this is insane. This is the she ascribes darkness. What name name me one white nationalist that exists in the halls of Congress today? Actual white nationalists, Pat. Whom is Nicole Wallace speaking about? And and I want to be abundantly clear on this. Nicole Wallace, I dare you to name names of whom you speak about. Go ahead. Instead, it's just words. Furthermore, it's cringe. It's word vomit. It's cringe. 
All right. So beyond Nicole Wallace, speaking of cringe, Pat, mm -hmm. um, we knew this was probably going to be cringe because over in the Senate, while the chaos was happening on the other side of Capitol Hill, uh, the Senate was also being sworn in. And that means one John Fetterman. I, I still cannot believe where we witnessed this. John freaking Fetterman, a vegetable, a walking vegetable, was sworn in by Kamala Harris because she is the president of the Senate. And you know, when those two get together, cringe is about to happen. Congratulations, Senator. Congratulations. And again, in three, two, one. Thank you. Hi, family. Do you remember we talked on FaceTime? You remember that? Good. Hi. Congratulations. Congratulations. All right, guys. So just look this way for me. All right, right here, big smile. And just have your hands down on your sides, nice and relaxed. Yeah, three, two, one. Three, two, one. And three, two, one. Thank you. Congratulations, so Thank everyone. You. Thanks. Nice to see you. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay. For those who are not watching this, for those who are listening via podcast, please, for the love of God, go to our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, because you need to see that. Um, the words that are spoken don't do justice to what we just witnessed, Pat. Um, I have three things that are three observations. Number one, Kamala Harris is always cringe. Uh, right. She is just so ungodly fake. Mm -hmm. Number two, did you notice whom was in the center of that photograph opportunity in that whole situation? Wasn't that his wife? Yeah. Um, look, I get being behind, right? Because it was the swearing in on the Bible, right? And and that's what right, I, or right, whatever right. the hell he was sworn in on. I don't believe it was the Bible. But anyway, um, I'm not sure. Um, either way, <laughs> sworn in on whatever he was sworn in on. And then the wife stands there in the middle after that, I get being in the middle, right, of that, like being in the right in between. That, that makes sense. Then we're going to get a picture with the, the president of the Senate, the vice president of the United States of America. Y you move to the left of your spouse or to the right of your spouse then. OK, you move to the other side so that your spouse is next to the vice president of the United States of America. Instead, who is front and center in the picture? His wife, because she is an absolute 1000% grifter. Both of them. Um, just just out of curiosity, was that symbolic of saying his wife is actually going to be the senator? Pretty much. Yeah, that was the yeah. other part of this. Right. So then mm -hmm. the, the, the first observation is Kamala Harris is cringe. The second observation is um, the wife is running the show. That's for damn sure there, um, because uh, Fetterman should have been in the center of that picture. No if, ands or buts about it. And then thirdly, what the hell was that shorts and a shirt that was untucked? Oh, you noticed that too? See, I was actually going to mention that. I mean, come on. 
I'm not saying that you have to suit your kids up. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is put some jeans on or or put khakis. some khakis, khakis. on and, and yeah. tuck your damn shirt in. How hard well, is that? And, and, and like the other kid, the, the kid that was in the head is like his arms crossed, the younger one. Mm-hmm. That shirt was way too long on him. It was like he, they they got a, a shirt from Fetterman's closet. And mm-hmm. it, literally, it looks like they had just bought it that morning. There was like <laughs> creases in it. Well, yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm like, do you not iron your shirts before you do something like this? Like this hey, is something they're just average Joe's and Jane's, though, Pat. They're just totally. A- no, even no. average Joe's and Jane's say, hey, guess what? I'm going to be in a, a pretty important picture. So how about we, I don't know, dress the part? I, I mean, I, I guess, like you said, I could see not wearing a tie, though. Yeah, no, I, go if, for if it. For me, if it were my kids, you know, my, my sons would definitely be wearing a full-on suit in this case yeah um but but at, at the very least you have your shirt ironed it fits you look good you're wearing khakis you know even if if the collar is unbuttoned that i mean i that, that's fine too like like it's you know but uh, it, it's just how uncouth um I, are are these people I, it's just what it cringe in a half on that one all right, yeah. so we got a little bit more to go here. Uh, we got a few more on the uh, WTF Wednesday, Pat. Um, do you want to go to the the Good Doctor next, or wh- where do you want to go? Oh, you might as well. Might as well go to the. Okay, thing. so we're we're going to talk about Damar Hamlin again because a lot of people went to the. Wait a second, what's the common denominator here? How the hell does this happen to? a relatively healthy or supposedly healthy individual, right? Like the the sudden cardiac arrest of healthy adult human beings has spiked significantly in the era of COVID. So we had this from Jonathan Rainier, uh, a medical doctor, right? <clears throat> the anti-vaxxers who watched a potential lethal injury to a young man and decided that it was a perfect time to blame vaccines are beneath contempt. The worst this country has to offer. Climb back under your rocks. Mm. Look, I agree that in the it, it's the same thing when people start immediately speculating on like a death of an important figure or whatever. Like, whoa, 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 look. We don't know. We don't know what is the problem here. It easily could have been that he took a blow that spiked the troponin level and thus went into cardiac arrest. It well, happens. It, like, like for instance, I know this very intimately, okay? So um, troponin levels. Let's say that um, we were doing Nerf guns, okay, Pat? And I shot a Nerf gun, and the Nerf bullet hits you in the chest. Did you know that troponin, right, the the the, the level, the thing that kind of ele- like regulates your heart, if you will, okay? If, if you hit that, and let's say I nail you right in the heart or around the heart, you could spike your troponin level like that. Something as simple as a Nerf gun hitting you. It could spike your troponin levels in bring your heart into cardiac arrest. It could do that. It's very unlikely, but it can happen. So for somebody to take a violent blow to the chest, 
it could very well elevate a troponin level and boom. How do you go from that to, how do you go from getting up to that? It's that simple. It could be that. It could be a thousand different things. We don't know. But the suggestion that we're somehow beneath contempt, that to, to, to wait a second, we know that on the Buffalo Bills, everybody had to have been vaccinated to have done what they did of a year ago or two years ago, right? Where they right. didn't have masks and all the stuff that the NFL required of them, okay? Or like all the things that the NFL gave as a incentive to be vaccinated, right? We know the Buffalo Bills were one of those teams that didn't have to worry about masking, didn't have to worry about this or do that or do this, okay? So we know that 100% of them were vaccinated. We know it, okay? But it gets worse with this doctor. I'm not even going to take him seriously because of this, Pat. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Same doctor in the Los Angeles Times column mocking anti-vaxxers COVID deaths is ghoulish. Yes, but maybe necessary. So wait a minute. <clears throat> this is the cult of COVID, Pat. This is the spirit of the age. On the one hand, your death shall not be, yes, your death as an anti-vaxxer shall be mocked. And oh, by the way, if you suggested, wait a second, this is about, this could be about the vaccine and, and heart issues that wouldn't necessarily show up on a physical, right? This is a, a heart thing. And what is the common denominator in almost all of these cases that's going on with all these individuals, right? What what's what the hell's going on with all these sudden cardiac arrests or sudden adult death syndrome, if you will, right? The SADs, as we talk about. We're equally beneath contempt when we die, but also when we speak upon your golden calf, if you will, of, of the COVID vaccine. So on the one hand, we're supposed to be beneath contempt. And on the other hand, laugh away when you die. <clears throat> I'm just going to suggest this. Go to hell. To your point of, of Damar Hamlin, um, mm -hmm. and I'll be the first to, to say this. When that first happened, my mind immediately, okay, was he vaccinated? Because it's happened enough that that's where my mind went. Like there, there seems to be that correlation there. However, what did I say that night? I have no idea if it's actually that or not. I want to wait for the facts to come out. Mm -hmm. So, and for all right now, for all intents and purposes, it looks like it was due to a very hard hit, but I don't blame people for thinking like, Hey, is this, is this due to him possibly being vaccinated? Mm -hmm. Maybe. And, and I go back to a report, and I don't remember all of the details, but I go back to a report that goes back to H1N1, okay? And um, it's not just H1N1. It was another, it might have been the swine flu or the bird flu, I forget which one, that we have, that we had a vaccine for, right? That, that you took a shot for. I forget which one it was. But anyway, there's a report that... As we got about 10 to 15 years out from that, about 10 years, the, 
basically the story is this. It took 10 years for them to figure out that there's a a correlation between getting that shot and a really bad set of diseases that are happening. And it's mainly in women. And I don't remember all the details of it, but basically what it was is it was a, a report that noted that as we look at the COVID vaccine <clears throat> and as we look at things that go on 10, 15 years from now, we have to have the scientific chutzpah to be able to understand that, wait a second, are these things related? <clears throat> and we have no way. And and basically what I was saying is this: there's a reason why you take a five-year. This is a reason why these drugs and vaccinations and whatever have you in the real world, in the non-emergency COVID world, take a while because you want to be able to make sure that there are no long-term consequences. And the only way to do that is to wait a while. You can't just speed it up and go. And we're already seeing potentially as a society, the consequences. So the point of the matter is this. This is the cult of COVID. This, these people literally think that you deserve to die, deserve to be mocked when you die, and how dare you ever question their golden calf? How dare you do that? <laughs> you want to talk about contempt? You want to talk about morality when it comes to COVID? You want to do that? You are encouraging and mocking and and whatever the death of people on the one hand, right? And then on the other hand, telling us how dare we even even go down this road. We're the ones beneath contempt because I decided that for my own personal health, that I don't like the long-term potential ramifications, knowing the potential ramification of heart issues that exist in my own family, and in getting this vaccine? No, thank you. That's my personal choice. Who the F are you to cheer my death or potential death and then tell me I'm beneath contempt for daring to question why somebody might have potentially died? In fact, technically, he did. Not once, but twice. He was gone. And they're able to revive him. Great. That's a great story. And I hope he fully recovers. I hope he pulls a Christian Erickson in next year is back on that field. I really do. I hope so. Do I wish him? Well, no, that's not the point of this. The point in, in going there, the point in asking the question is that we are attempting to take a relational observation and figure out what the absolute hell is actually going on. Because this is not normal. That's the point. We have seen people do this type of a tackle and this type of a hit thousands upon hundreds of thousands of times every single weekend in football. And you've never seen this happen. This is the first time in my life anything like this has ever taken place. On on that note, did you see that the Cincinnati Bengals player that was involved yeah, with that hit is is getting like death threats and yeah, it's hate stupid. Mail. Stupid. What the hell? It's the sport of football, man. There's no way that that was ever intended to happen. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm going to hit him right in the heart and make sure that he dies. Doesn't give up. This is so stupid. People are dumb. And and people like this doctor are really stupid. Beyond contempt, in my viewpoint, to use his own language. Beyond contempt. How dare you ask a question? No, that's actually pretty normal. Why why did this happen? That's the question we're attempting to answer, you a-hole. In all possibilities, the point of the matter of the story I was also telling about the the other situation that over the course of 10 years, they finally figured out what was going on is because we were not supposed to be able to ask the question of what the hell? What, why is this happening in people who only got this, right? What is the, what is the weird observational relationship here? Oh, oh, bleep is it's that they took something. And then they backtracked it and found out that, yeah, you shouldn't get this if you have this or that. It it was, yeah, it's bad. And I believe it was in women, and I believe it was ovarian cancer too, by the way. Um, So they've stopped recommending it for women that are premenopausal. Just saying. So we did a bad thing by rushing that out there, and we never learned that lesson. Again, I go back to this very simply. People that are involved in healthcare, people who are involved in occupational healthcare and um, like OSHA and all of those things, warned us that we were unprepared to handle a surge during this type of a pandemic because nobody wanted to spend the money to keep the supplies, the medicine, the um, ventilators, all of the things that we would have needed to handle the initial surge and then go move on. Had we done that, Pat, none of the rest of these things would have happened. Had we listened to the professionals, the actual people on the ground prior to the pandemic, we would have been fine. The 15 days to flatten the curve would never have been a thing. Because we were caught flat-footed and unprepared. Because uh, we, as a hospital, right, we can't spend money on preparedness. That's, that's a lot of money that, quote-unquote, goes wasted for that one time, Right. Mm-hmm. That one time happened, and it's going to happen over and over again. It's the same thing happened. The lessons we didn't learn. As a society, we've got to learn that we can't ascribe motive and ill for somebody who thinks differently than us, unless they're actually wishing you ill in their thought process. So, to Dr. Rainier, go bleep yourself. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Andrew Coppins needs to read the fine print and give me my money already. Please be smarter than Pat. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. And of course, don't forget to eat all your meals today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.